educated guesses are great. Using data is fantastic, but never underestimate what is truly possible for any child. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and uh, today I'm sitting on the floor in an empty apartment getting ready for my daughter's move across the country. My youngest daughter, she's graduating high school early and uh, moving her across the country. My oldest daughter, who's just a year older than her, moved down to Florida a few months ago and she's decided uh, together, they have decided that they're going to live together and start their life there. And you know what? I never thought I'd be here. Uh, in fact, if you would have asked professionals about 15, 16 years ago, if this was even possible, if this scenario of me sitting here telling you this story was even possible, they would have told you no. I know that I've mentioned it a few times uh, in the past, but I, I want to make it clear to every parent and for our teachers and our teams that are listening that you don't know what the future holds, that possibilities, or I should say the impossible can become possible. And so many, many years ago, when my daughter was three, she dropped into a status seizure. And I'm not going to go into the entire story that's going to be hers to tell. But let's just say that um, life support was involved. Uh, a doomsday prediction was given. And the term vegetable was actually used for her, saying that she was going to be a vegetable for the rest of her life. And I refused to give up as a mom. I'm sure that you guys understand that, right? If you're a parent, you know, you don't give up. And we're looking at the data. We're looking at all of the things in the hospital and the outcome was not predicted to be good. And here we are. She is 18 years old. We are 13 years seizure free. We are 12 years prescription free. And we did a lot of things to get here. And we're still doing a lot of things to keep her healthy. But she is a fully independent, soon to be high school graduate, who is moving across the country, and I can guarantee you that the doctors who took care of her when she was ages three, four, five, six, would have said that this is impossible. And I know that many of you listening to this right now have been given the uh, impossible scenarios. This is going to be impossible. Now, I know, you know, I'm talking about something like epilepsy and seizures, and we didn't know the cause. So there was always this unknown possibility that nobody was talking about that we might just get here. But nobody gave me that hope. I had to go find that hope. And I had to go surround myself with people who believed in what I was doing to support my daughter. But I'm going to share with you because I know a lot of you are, are in a situation where you're like, there's, there's not a recovery that is possible. So for example, my brother who has Down syndrome, right? We're not going to recover from Down syndrome. It is what it is. <laughs> and there's miracles that have happened for him too. So I don't talk about this a whole lot either. I'm just kind of spilling it because I feel like in this season that we're in right now, and not just because it's the holiday season, not just because Christmas is coming up, but this season that we're in, in our world, we need to talk about what is possible, where the hope is at, and how surrounding yourself with people and getting the, the tools and support that you need to um, help move things forward. It's so very important. So, okay. So here's my brother. He has down syndrome, right? You guys know, I talk about him. He's 44 and he just got a job at uh, Panera and they've been extremely inclusive and things are amazing and great. But here's what I don't talk about a whole lot. We talked about a little bit when he was a guest on the podcast, he talked about his diabetes, but what we don't talk about is he has heart issues. He had open heart surgery when he was an infant. 
He has thyroid concerns. He has extreme diabetes issues, extreme. But even without the diabetes and without the thyroid issues, his heart does not beat in any type of normal pattern whatsoever. In fact, it's to the point when he goes and gets his test, right? The EKG where they, they print out, well, they used to print out, everything's digital now, but um, I've been to many of his cardio appointments and, and you see the, the pattern of his heart and the cardiologist, if it's a new one, will come in and go, okay, so we have some bad news. And my mom's like, let me see that. <laughs> She, she takes the data and she looks at, it, she goes, nope, that's my son's heart. Like she knows what his heartbeat looks like because it does not look like he should be thriving in the way that he is. In fact, it says in his chart and it pains me to say this, and I'm going to say it casually, but just know this. I mean, it hurts. It, it says in his chart that he can drop dead at any moment. That's what it says. Cardiac arrest, any moment. Because yes, he's on heart medication. Yes, he's had open heart surgery. Yes, there's possibly some experiments that could be done to put his heart into a, a typical rhythm. But my parents had the philosophy of like, uh, but he's thriving, like everything looks good. So none of it makes sense on the inside, but on the outside, things are going well. He is not a textbook case. In fact, he's the case that when, you know, when you're at the hospital and they bring in like all the interns and the students and I'm like, look at this rare case. That's my brother. Every time he's in the hospital, there's one more miracle that happens every time that he's in the hospital. And then when he leaves the hospital and I know, you know, I can't take for granted any day that I have for him because he is this walking miracle. He is this hope and possibility. He is the case that shows that even when you have a permanent diagnosis, a permanent disability, uh, this Down syndrome is permanent, that miracles are possible. To, to all the teachers that said he would never read, he's never going to hold a job, he's never going to be independent in any capacity, their minds would be blown with the fact that, you know what, he reads his own monitor for diabetes and, you know, punches in how many carbs he's going to eat. So, so he can help keep his, his levels where they need to be. You know, anybody who took care of my daughter who saw her extreme lack of brain activity for days and days and days would be completely mind blowing that she is graduating high school. And you know what? She didn't have an IEP and yet they predicted that she would have no normal brain function whatsoever. It didn't make sense at the time that she was leaving the hospital breathing on her own, but she did. And the reason I share this with you is because you're sitting at IEP tables and a lot of times we're using our educated um, guesses, we're using our data, we're using all of this information, this concrete information that we absolutely need to use. We have to do this, but that doesn't mean that we give up hope about the possibilities and the things that might just happen in the future. Just because we have the data that says, this is where a child is at, that does not confirm exactly where they're going to be in the future. It doesn't. It gives us the best guess that we can make as professionals, as parents, on what we should do next to move them towards, quite honestly, what is the unknown. So just remember that every time you're writing an IEP goal, every time that you're sitting at that IEP table, every time you're collaborating with the professionals, whether it's a school team or it's a medical team, that you are using current data to make the best prediction possible, but you truly do not know 
what the future holds. And I want you to hold on to that hope and that determination of anything can be possible. I hope that you guys are having a fantastic winter break, spending time with those that you love. And I'll talk to you next time.